control to Lou, to Hooker. And it's number 15, and Gerard, Murray. Gerard Murray, who points the point away. That's 25-15 for the third straight set. Hey, everybody. It's Jacob, Jake, and Eric of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. And those sweet sounds, folks, that was UBC men's volleyball winning. Yes, winning. They were 0-7 <laughs> before that point, but they now have a single win on the 2018-2019 Canada West season. That's and progress, that is a beautiful right? thing. It <laughs> really is. Progress. Overall, though, um, not just it, not just UBC men's volleyball uh, who got some wins, but that being said, was lackluster. For UBC sports, basketball, volleyball, hockey, and soccer, eight compiled losses between those four sports. And for UBC soccer, it was a pair of losses on at home for the U Sports Soccer Tournament. That was a real bust. We'll talk a lot about that later. And a surprise, too. We were expecting them to right? be like real, and real then good. What happened against Carlton? Oh, my God. And then <sighs> ice hockey, also three losses on home ice. Eric, we know you sorely missed talking about hockey last oh, week, and you God. will dive yeah. into it here head on. With that being said, though, few highlights were basketball's ability to win on the road in Manitoba. They took three of four. And golf, my goodness, their continued success down in Arizona. This time it was the women's team. They just kept rolling down in the sands of Arizona. But let's get into this hockey, Eric. Yeah, I know you're dying. Let's do that hockey. Um, it was a rough weekend for the Thunderbirds hockey teams, definitely. Um, both times, uh, both sides were taking on the University of Saskatchewan Huskies, and the men's team caught absolutely steamrolled on Friday night. It was bad. Uh, granted, the Huskies are the number two ranked team in the country, so, you know, tough opposition. You but, know. You know. <laughs> Thunderbirds are a good team, you know, but uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they, uh, the Thunderbirds are a good team, too. Um, they didn't look like it. Uh, it was a 6-1, uh, the final score. That's pretty much a... Uh, all there is to say about that game, it was bad. Right, and it's never really going to be that great, especially when your goalie lets in six against the opponent. However, you can't really put too much blame on Ryland Toth. He faced 46 shots on the evening. There wasn't a lot he could do. I mean, letting in six, never a great thing, but relative to the shot count, not, not, terrible. not terrible, terrible. It's not on him, I wouldn't say. Right. It's just a result of that game being like that. Yeah, Thunderbirds. And the defense. Their their skaters did them absolutely no favors. Only 18 shots for the Thunderbirds that whole game. And their only goal came when they were already down 6 nothing. Game is over. Just, like, I, I Terrible. Doubt, I doubt they just didn't <laughs> want the goose egg on the scoreboard. Well, you know, that's always nice if you can avoid getting shut out. But in a 6-1 game, like, it, it's so, like, it's brutal. And, like, we don't expect this. Like, the Thunderbirds, as far as we can tell, are a good team. Especially, like, all that PDO stuff. Like, they're not... <laughs> <laughs> like, we no, made, like we, honestly, you missed I it last week. I, I don't know if you that. listened to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot about your lack, your uh, PDO, and yeah. how we uh, we were failing to understand its ingenuity. Well, I mean, it's okay. Uh, it's cool. Can, no, no, no. We no. can talk don't, about no, it Eric, again another Eric, time. Don't get me wrong. Maybe I'll bring in some even more advanced stats for you. <laughs> Fair talk enough. About Corsi. Um, UBC had 44 penalty minutes in this right. game. That's, that's that's what really killed it. That's not a very advanced statistic, but it's uh, <laughs> it's certainly one that speaks a lot about this game. I mean, we talk about penalty trouble a lot with the women's team. We haven't really with the men's team, but 44 penalty minutes is not really what you want to be uh, putting up, especially when pretty much all of that was in minor penalties. Um, the second game was a much better outing for the men's team. Uh, they couldn't pull out the win because of a late collapse, um, which 
brings back war flashbacks as a Leafs fan. Um, Austin Glover scored just two minutes Yikes. into the game to give the Thunderbirds the lead, uh, a lead that they would preserve for over two periods. You know, had some great offensive pressure, defensive play. Hey, we're up one nothing against the, the second best team in the country. You know, and then uh, start of the third period, three goals, ninety seconds. I mean, I win. wasn't going to make a Leafs joke, but you just it made it for me because right. I because That's I like am when I brought in the Yankees because like. I am damaged as a Leafs fan. <laughs> That's rough, and it hurts all the time. Right, <laughs> but just a constant ache. Yeah, Matthews is out. Neilander might leave. I'm not having a great time, but. Most of this game is really good for you. Right, that's what I was going to say. You exactly. Know, they collapsed in under two minutes, and that's a really tough way to lose a hockey game. But that does overshadow, at least to a degree, their improvements from that first game of the weekend where they let 46, 46 or 48? 46 shots, yeah. 46 shots on that. I mean, they reversed that shot count. They outshot the Huskies 31-28. Better team for a lot of it. Uh, goalie Patrick Dea, he was great for... 58 and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Unfortunately, those 90 seconds were their undoing. Yeah, it was bad. Um, they should have won this game. They didn't, which is what matters. That's what goes in the standings. You don't get a should have won point. Um, but they played really well against a top team in the country. Um, that bodes well for their, uh, you know, their game this season. What uh, about the, the women's, though? The women's team had a tough loss to open their weekend. Uh, it was rough because um, the Thunderbirds were also leading um, up late in the third, but with less than two minutes remaining, uh, Cheyenne Ellis, Elias tied it up. Halfway through the second overtime, Kayla Kerwin of the Huskies completed the comeback. This I feel like this game could have been a lot different, again, kind of similar to that men's first game where you know UBC was the team who was up a goal. Then with a couple minutes remaining, they had some big chances they just didn't convert. You know, if they're up two or three late, they'd likely not have been a huge push, and they probably would have got the W. And I meant the second men's game. There's no way you can change a 6-1 <laughs> no. blowout. Not the first men's game. Excuse me. And in goal, Amelia Bond, a bit of a rough night, bit below her usual standards, stopped just 20 of 24 shot. She's been elite for a lot of uh, women's hockey games this season, though, so... Should be a one-off, hopefully. Yeah, and I just, like, we don't talk about Emily Castellis enough. She's awesome. Yeah, respect. Yeah, absolutely. A fifth year. Um, She's, uh, when, uh, you know, the big names you always hear, like the Hannah Clayton Carrolls, um, right. but when they're not on the score sheet, Emily Castellis often steps up, and we don't really, you know, give her the credit for it. You know what's also confusing? Hannah Clayton Carroll, as good as she is, this is, like, kind of a one-off. There's also the Hannah... Co- Hannah Coral, Co- yeah, Coral. who I'm going to talk about in the second That's just game. so... God. Yeah, it's names. Names. Hockey <laughs> names. Um Emily Castalis. Um, yeah. I mean her final year with the team, fifth year. Looking like she wants to make some noise after uh, you know, taking a backseat, despite being such a key piece, you know, not always the flashiest player, but she's got a wicked shot on her. Uh second game again went to overtime. This time the Thunderbirds finally dragged out a win. Um Hannah Coral, uh instant response to a Huskies goal in the first to tie it up. Second period, whole lot of nothing. Third period, whole lot a lot. Um, but not really any goals, just sort of a lot of fun back-and-forth play. Um, both goalies held the fort. Game went to overtime. Hannah Clayton Carroll, overtime winner. I mean, it's great that Thunderbirds managed to get one win over against Saskatchewan, something to uh, take home with them, and hopefully... Right. Especially after the men's side really collapsed within 90 seconds. It's pretty disappointing when you put up an overall good game. Yeah, At least exactly, the women's right? were able to snag one. And they, they played well in both of their games, so it would have been brutal for them to come away with right. nothing. Head coach Graham Thomas, he did say he noticed a difference in this game for them. He said, quote, we're doing some really good things and we're happy that we're seeing, we're happy with what we're seeing. A lot of team first things are happening and we're playing better and better. I think this goes back to the idea of penalty. We were talking about how last season, you know, not really playing, it was more individual it felt like. You know, the penalties weren't all necessarily smart heads up team plays. 
now they're starting to gel even though they split the series over the weekend. Exactly, and that's such a big thing when you let your team down by taking a stupid penalty. Um, the Thunderbirds women's team have been so much better at it this season, and it's definitely showing in their in their team play. Uh, the Thunderbirds actually had lost seven straight against the Huskies leading up to this game, uh, including getting sweeped in the playoffs last year. So you well, know, Huskies that, are pretty good. Huskies are a good team, uh, but seven straight losses against the team is you know not ideal, um, <laughs> especially considering they're probably going to meet in the playoffs again this season. Um, and they got swept last year, so maybe this is this. They won't have that hanging over them at least if, chance, they, if right, they do meet and again. And it gives them a chance to kind of buck up and and change their mentality going forward. Exactly. Yeah, it's an important win, um, even though the weekend didn't quite go as planned. Yeah. So moving from the rink onto the hardwood, this past weekend saw the Thunderbirds women's basketball team split their series against the Manitoba Bisons, losing Friday night seventy-five to seventy-two, and then winning seventy-one sixty-three on Saturday. Friday's night, uh, Friday night's game featured a back and forth battle with. Bunch of lead changes, unfortunately, ended in favor of the Bisons. But the next evening, Thunderbirds clawed back and were led by the double-double performance of Winnipeg native Keelan Filowich. Miss Keelan. As they finished their trip to Manitoba on a high note, and they'll hopefully get their first sweep of the season after splitting three straight weekends against uh, Thompson Rivers University at home this weekend, Wolfpack currently 0-4. Yeah, Thompson Rivers, hopefully they'll be able to you know come away with a couple wins from that. But Keelan Filowich coming out in her hometown of Winnipeg, Manitoba. She recorded two double-doubles over the weekend. Friday night, she put up 18 points and 12 boards, repeated later this on Saturday with 10 points and a 12-rebound performance. She leads all of Canada West in rebounding, 71 on the season. Yeah, and speaking of double-doubles and rebounds, uh, Madison Penn had a double-double Friday with uh, 16 points, 13 rebounds, and came so close on Saturday with 11 points, 9 rebounds. You said uh, Keelan Filowich first in Canada West in rebounds. How about Madison Penn second in the conference? Right. No, this team 60. is this team is doing something that we didn't see from them last season. It's, Cleaning glass. Right. It's and so and it's working important. even though they're not putting up the most points on the board. They're they're doing a good job at well under the hoop. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, especially when you have a team that doesn't have the highest shooting percentage, it helps to be able to you know get offset boards. that with boards. Exactly. Yeah. It's always good to be elite in at least one area of the game and uh rookie Haley Council a bit of a breakout game for her on Saturday she actually led the team in scoring with 14 points Penn and Phillips took more of a backseat that game great to see Council stepping up there and like last year though free throw shooting still a concern they shot just 59 percent for the free throw line in that game on Saturday had 18 That's turnovers actually, as well that 59 that you were talking about is their season oh that's their season I just thought that was that one game which is <laughs> oh my gosh which is poor yeah like it, it's not good it's I think it was third to the bottom in all of Canada West it's, maybe fourth it's, it's don't bad. quote me it's bad but it's around there I mean you can they, they can just hack and turnovers too averaging 18 a game that's it's not good but if they'll clean it up we'll see I mean a lot of things are going right still the record you know it's early season it's early season, and they do have a lot of things going well. Keelan Filowich, we'll actually talk about a little more later, but we had an opportunity to sit down and have an interview with her. We'll have a special episode coming to you guys Friday for 24 hours of student power. Tune into that. It's a 9 a.m. start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, moving to the men's basketball team, they swept the Bisons this past weekend, 80-57 to on Friday Ooh. and 94-89 on Saturday in overtime, a lot of overtime games for the Thunderbirds in multiple sports. Friday's game over almost as soon as it started. Thunderbirds jumped out to an 18 to 8 lead. Never looked back from there. They were up 61 to 38 at the end of the third. Saturday was different. Manitoba fought hard, forced overtime, but Man Roop Claire, the fourth year transfer, led the Thunderbirds to victory. They'll also be taking on Thompson Rivers University Wolfpack at home this weekend. UBC sports fans have to love what Man Roop Claire has done for this team. He's came off mostly as a bench player, kind of that rotational six man. 
think we made reference similar to like Manu Ginobili type mm-hmm. where he just okay. sit in, right? He'd come in. And the, I think he – did he start? He started both these games. Right, because Kobe was sitting. And he, he just keeps doing what he's done all season is putting points up. 20 points and nine rebounds Friday, then 33 and seven boards, including seven threes on Saturday night. Manu Claire is now in fourth in Canada West in scoring, fourth with threes, and he's also fourth in free throw percentage with 118 points, 18 threes, and he's shooting at the charity stripe 90%. He's that's, doing it all. Yeah, there's a bench. And that's player, after right? missing all of preseason. Yeah, he missed <laughs> One, all of preseason. Everyone thought he was going to be rusty, including myself. He did actually look rusty for the first quarter of the Canada West home opener, and then since then he's taken off. One-man bench mob. Uh, Grant Shepard showing him to be such a key player, uh, you know, in the in the forward position. Uh, 29 points, 13 rebounds, 6 steals, 4 assists, 2 blocks. That's a pretty nice-looking line. He can do it all. Uh, he can even shoot the three ball if he needs to. He's such a key piece for this team. And they'll have a chance to stretch their winning streak to five games. Men's basketball, we were worried a little bit at the start of the year. They would take a bit of a step back with their departures they had, but the two transfers they've brought in and the emergence of players like Shepard has been And there's even some of the younger players that we've seen. I actually was just talking to uh, Brian Wallach before before we came in here to the booth. I saw him walking around campus. And players like him who have shown up, you know, whether it be for one quarter and put up like eight points and a couple of rebounds, that's what's been key people filling in when people like Kohi go down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Going into the uh, volleyball, uh, men's team finally, finally got a win. They did lose their opening game of the weekend, 1-3 to the Manitoba Bisons, um, but a huge performance. They won in straight sets. Not only was it their first win of the season, it was in straight sets. I think, oh, you're right. It It was was straight straight sets. sets. 15 to 25-15, they won all of them, right? Yep. I think so. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was such. It a, just doesn't make sense. Turnaround. It doesn't make sense. It's possible actually. that Manitoba maybe took their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, right, maybe assuming that they were yeah, just going to get another these guys rollover win. These guys haven't won yet this season, right? We're fine, um, but no. Uh, Friday though, uh, Thunderbirds did come out strong. Um, they grabbed. Um, a, they were splitting uh, in the first two sets, but the Bisons sort of just came out and kind of took over in the in the second two sets 25-21 25-23. So they were still in it. They weren't uh they weren't too out of it. And, th- and that's the game I thought you were referring to. I was like, "Oh my no, god, no. I swear it wasn't straight sets, right? They no, they, they lost, lost in, one in the four sets." Yeah, they had a huge comeback in that fourth set. I I was commentating that game and it, I believe it was 24 to 16 or 17 and they pushed it all the way to 24-23 unfortunately. Wow. Fell apart right at the end there, but wow. Big part of that game Too little too late though. Yeah, a little bit too little too late, but their defense at the net as, uh, was very weak at the start of the season, improved, had 14 blocks in that game on Friday, five more than Manitoba, which is a good sign. On the other hand, the offense at the net, still an issue for them as they put up only 43 kills compared to 59 on the Bison side. Although it was a loss, the star was Colton Liu. His performance had been inconsistent in the past few weeks, but he definitely was a highlight on Friday night. Yeah, he led the whole team, 19 kills and 6 digs, and Michael Dauhanyuk came in for the injured James Tacken. Tacken also missed the game on Saturday, unfortunately, what looked to be a knee injury. But Dauhanyuk, More knee injuries. Dauhanyuk showed God. very well, 10 kills after only playing really half the game. He was very energetic when he came on, really gave some life to the team, although they unfortunately lost the game. Yeah, on Saturday, as we were saying, 25-15, 25-15, 25-15, and they finally got the W. It's only been two months. <laughs> and Liz, who loves to talk about volleyball, she's unfortunately not here today. She got backed up with some work. But she would be so happy to know that there's finally – I mean, she does know. But 
I think she would want to say it. Want to share this right, information Right, that this men's volleyball team actually grabbed a win in straight sets to boot. Yeah. You know? They're off and running. Uh, Liz also isn't especially confident about the playoff uh, the playoff chances of this team, but I right. don't know. You know, you but who knows? knows? You who can't knows? say you can't say anything. I said it with UBC football. They made it and then they collapsed. Classic. Yeah, but they got there. Just they got, got there. Just like men's, men's hockey, hockey got, got there. there and then collapsed yeah, as but, well. <laughs> but it can happen. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm, the Bison's really performed bad in this game only recorded 45 points the entire game no aces the whole game and a negative hitting percentage well negative zero one four hundred birds <laughs> hit 341 right. just everything Too went many wrong for manitoba they, nothing was they weren't gelling it as happens a team. right it happens and luckily it happened against the thunderbirds they were able to grab their win um the uh women's team uh had a uh pretty much opposite uh, scenario to the men's team. They won their first game against the Bisons in four sets. Um, and then a nail-biter, five-set loss to the Bisons on the Saturday. Um, they split the first two sets with the Bisons on Friday. Um, then they tightened up their attack, sort of looking like the Bisons against the men's team exactly, um, as they won 24, 25-14 and 25-22. So Van Rijk, Kira yes. Van Rijk, she yes. is good at volleyball. Very <laughs> that's, that's what we're Very good at volleyball. Hot take. Kira Van Rijk, good at volleyball. 18. Especially especially from the service line. Yeah, 18 kills, 8 aces. Wow. 3 blocks, 2 assists on Friday. Pretty crazy. Uh, she's one of the best. We already knew that. She's first in kills in Canada West and second in aces. I'm sorry, that's not in Canada West. That's all of U Sports, those Ooh. two statistics. She uh, struggled a little bit to start with her efficiency, but she's turned it on now. And then besides her, Liv Ferlin had a great night and Samantha Paco. Yes, the libero from last back year. Back from Samantha retirement. Paco. Welcome back, Sam. She's back here at UBC, and she also had a great night. Ferlin put up 41 assists. Paco contributed 18 digs in total. And she's back, but she wasn't even listed on the roster at the beginning of the year. Her and Ferlin switched. I think Ferlin switched her number to two, mm-hmm. which was Paco's last year. But then the libero came back for the fifth year, was wearing number 20, was not even known to be playing in the game, so she was actually assumed to be Laura Worsley at le- on the at scorecard. Least on the scorecard, yeah, they didn't have her until like I I, I checked today, and it's been updated to it shows her stats. Calling, right, yeah, Jake? it was very confusing. I, I I was it was announced just as I was starting up the broadcast that Paco was playing. I was not expecting that, right? <laughs> Like but a, she's back. She's back, and she's going to help this team where they've, you know, we've seen some issues with other liberos. Definitely, I mean, uh, Casey Jones and, and Jesse. Yeah, Jessica I think Bridge. they're bringing her back as a vet presence to sort of mentor these two because they're going to be the future of this team. Uh, Thunderbirds didn't fi- uh, continue their good fortunes on Sunday. The Bisons came strong to the game. Saturday, sorry, <laughs> so we did have Sunday games last week though. <laughs> yeah, well, it trips me up, right? Uh, they fought all the way until sixteen fifteen in that fifth and final set, but the Bisons took a three one uh, run to win the game eighteen, uh, win the set eighteen sixteen, and the game three. Yeah, Van Rijk, good performance again. 23 kills her season high so far. Furlan, Olivia Furlan, that is. 48 aces. 48 assists, sorry. Seven aces. aces. Oh, man. How did they lose that game? <laughs> well, she was great from the service line. Not quite 48, but seven. And they've been, those two have been really been dominant in most games this season. And then they're going to travel next week to take on the Regina Cougars while the men's team will enjoy a bye week. Then they'll come back here November 23rd for Pride Night at War Memorial Gym. Uh, I will be commentating the game alongside my fellow friend, Jake McGrail. <laughs> All right. We're looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for ads, PSAs. We will be right back. CITR 101.9 FM and Discorder presents 24 Hours of Student Power. 
a full day's worth of delicious content produced, hosted, and brought to you by students. Join us between Thursday, November 15th and Friday, November 16th, 9 p.m. to 9 p.m. Make sure to tune in from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday, November 16th for live performances from Girl Snails, Turinesh, and other student bands. All of this freshly baked content right here on CITR 11.9 FM. Flemish Art Recording Artists, Preoccupations, return to Vancouver on December 15th. Preoccupations is joining forces with Proto Martyr and Hurry Up for a legendary night at Venue, presented by Blueprint Live. Get your tickets today through bplive.ca. That's bplive.ca. We're back here on Thunderbird Eye on CITR, and let's talk about some running. Finishing their first season back in Canada West, both the men's and women's cross-country teams marked their return to the conference with two podium finishes. The women's team won the Canada West Championship and finished fourth in U Sports, while the men's team won Canada West Silver and finished seventh nationally. This was the third straight banner year for the women's team, including their back-to-back NAIA championships in 2016-2017. Now, we, we I remember we covered an episode about this last year where you know the big transition from NAIA to uh to U Sports meanwhile within within that collective Nicholas Simmons and Sarah MacArthur were named to the first team all Canada West while Gabrielle Jeff won the Canada West rookie of the year and on the men's side John Gay finished the 10 kilometer course fourth in the country time of 3117 uh he was a first team Canada West uh, all-star Thomas Broach was named to the second team, while Max Trummer was unfortunately unable to finish the race due to his back seizing. Fortunate end to the season for him. Yeah, that's really unfortunate, but good showing from running all around. And from hillsides and mud, then over to the prim and proper greens, UBC Golf this week. The women's side, they continue to amaze. This whole Unreal. golf unit is crazy right now for UBC. They were led this past weekend by Cecil Kwan, the T-Birds Golf not only came away with another victory in Arizona, but had all five players on their team finish within the top seven for the tournament, which was the official standings. But I actually did some like math, and they accidentally said <laughs> Cecil Kwan came in second because they placed the team as an individual in first. So I think actually all five of UVC players came in the top five ah. in the entire tournament, which is insane considering there were eight schools. So this was the uh, two-day Firestorm Fall Invitational. God, Just wa- wanted cool to say name. that one more time. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> yes, uh, the UBC <laughs> team of five compiled a team score of 303 on Monday, just 300 on the second day. Can you grab the, the golf course name there for me, too? <laughs> the Whirlwind Golf Course, Firestorm Fall Invitational. What are we doing? Arizona's like Arizona. Whirlwind Golf it's Course. Like, it's like UBC Thunderbird Stadium. Thanks, baseball. Come up with a cooler name. Yeah. Come on. Quan <laughs> uh, was the best player of the tournament. Mentioned her earlier. She had an outstanding score scorecard of just 73 on that first day of action then 78 she totaled just 151 shots over the two days yeah kate johnson avril lee shania raman dubbin mm-hmm. all of them compiled scores of 152 over the two days all tied for second best fantastic showing from everyone involved in ubc golf that weekend yeah and uh as a team the next closest team embry riddle arizona uh, 643, a full 40 strokes behind UBC. So uh, definitely pretty dominant for the for the birds at this one. And after this, that last that was actually the last invitational now until midseason or until tournaments in the spring. The next one coming up for the women's side will be the Grandview Battle at Prim in Nipton, California, which they had last year as well. That takes place in mid March. For now, they seem to be 
annihilating any opponent in their path to victory. Grandview yeah. Battle sounds like it should be in like East Van. Not, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not, not in like well, because that's that's where Grandview is. Right. Right, Grandview. right. Right. That's where I live. I thought you were referring to the battle part. No, of it. no, I was no, like, no. No, the bowling <laughs> alley's rebranding. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, right. To battle lanes. That yes. actually be a pretty. I'd, I'd bowl at battle lanes. <laughs> so moving on from golf's great weekend soccer, not too much success to say the least. The men's soccer national championships have come and gone. It was far from what the Thunderbirds were hoping for, as the host came into the tournament with a ton of momentum, but it all came to a crashing halt in the quarterfinals against Carlton. After no goals for over 70 minutes, Gabriel Bitar opened the scoring for the Ravens before substitute Mackenzie Cole tied it up on a goal mouth scramble off a corner. That was a crit. I saw some video of that. That was insane. The game went to extra time after that where Christopher Maleko scored less than a minute and a half in and Bitar got his second of the match to put Carlton up 3-1. Connor Gam got one back late, but the game ended with a 3-2 defeat. For UBC, yeah, and I mean it's just hugely disappointing. But a lot of it, this comes from it's not like they've had a bad game, but Carlton goalie Nick Jeffs was just ridiculous. Nine stops, um, because UBC outshot Carlton eight nothing in the first half, but it was still goalless at the end of the forty-five. Uh, outshot twenty-one to eight on the day, uh, and still came horrible away with the that loss. They couldn't win it, right? And I think on that goal mouth, goal mouth scramble, going back to it, Shambusha almost put it in, I believe, off of a first header attempt but then it was Mackenzie Cole on the second chance effort who was able to put it away and even in this 21-8 you know opportunity for UBC to pull away with the win they also had a choice a chance rather in the final minute of extra time when Christian Lee Heitman who was red hot for the entire second half of the season got a free header but Jeffs again somehow managed to keep it out Great goaltending performance by him. Yeah, that loss meant UBC played UQAM in the consolation round semifinal where they lost again. You already are in the consolation semifinal. Yeah, it's just placement rounds, but like... After another scoreless first half, the Thunderbirds again conceded the opening goal as Mohamed Saidi slotted home a penalty. Guillermo scored his second of the tournament just a minute later to even up the game, but the Citadens got another penalty late, which Saidi again converted to give UQAM the 2 one win. Yeah, and the Thunderbirds definitely lost their cool in this one. Uh, Thomas Gartner. That's a straight, heavy understatement. Straight red in the, in the 87th, and then um, another red in extra time um, for just, like, you know, fully on going at someone, not even near the ball, just, like, having that. Um, and then uh, UQAM, Andre Bona, also got sent off. Um, but uh, the two the two Thunderbirds that got reds... Uh, got some good news later because they got drafted Nick Fossil being the other one on top of Thomas Gardner right I mean (laughs) not that that's good sportsmanship do not intentionally try and hurt (laughs) players of course but you'll get drafted by Pacific FC if you do which is awesome because we just (laughs) talked about this rule change a couple weeks back too so it's big for them it was a really disappointing tournament overall though for the Thunderbirds as hosts especially you'd hope that they'd at least be able to make it to a medal game especially considering how well they played the season right they were like and towards the end you wonder if that last regular season game where they took a loss. You think? You wonder if that's what actually affected them. It all that was their first loss of the season, right? Because yeah. they they had tied a few, I think, two or one on one other occasion. But mm-hmm. maybe it's a mental, maybe it's a mental uh, drawback at that point. But you know, losing in the quarterfinals, getting outplayed in the consolation round, it does end the year on a sour note. Yeah, there was some good news, at least for three individuals on the Thunderbirds as. First-year midfielder, Canada West Player of the Year, and U-Sports Rookie of the Year, Thomas Gardner. First player to ever win both those awards. Selected six overall 
in the inaugural Canadian Premier League uh, U-Sports entry draft, selected by Pacific FC. Third-year attacking mid, Zach Verhoeven, also selected ninth overall by Pacific FC. And Nick Fussell, first-year midfielder, taken 20th overall by Pacific FC. Yeah, a little disappointed no one went to the Cavalry, my team. Um, but, uh, you know, good for Pacific FC. Get some Thunderbirds <laughs> in there. And Cavalry had the um, first Don't overall. Don't be so selfish. Cavalry had the first overall pick of the draft, actually. And they, they picked uh, Bitar. Yeah, from... Uh, Carlton. From, from Carlton, exactly. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, those three players are going to play um, with the Pacific FC training camp. Um, they can train and play for the team until August, and then they get the choice to either sign a pro contract or come back to UBC. Gardner, in particular, had already received some high praise from Pacific FC co- assistant coach James Merriman, who said, quote, I think he's the best player in U sports because of, because of his technical ability and intelligence. Yeah, so we'll see if Gardner's able to stick around long-term with Pacific FC or if we'll come back. And one more note before we wrap everything up. 144 Thunderbirds were honored as academic All-Canadians this morning at UBC's Breakfast of Champions, all of them. Average over 80% in their classes, along with 20-plus hours of practicing games a week. Very good accomplishment for all of those athletes. And now, looking ahead at the rest of this weekend. Weekend, tomorrow, women's volleyball plays at Regina. Uh, On Friday, they play Regina once again. Men's and women's basketball hosts Thompson Rivers. Men's ice hockey visits Manitoba. Women's hockey uh, hosts Manitoba on Saturday. Hockey and basketball play Manitoba and Thompson Rivers again. Men's rugby plays Capilano RFC in West Vancouver. And on Sunday, men's field hockey plays United Brothers FHC in Surrey. I didn't even have to do anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, none <laughs> for you that. this time, Eric. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no more football, no more soccer. And with that, thank you for tuning in to CITR 101.9. This upcoming Friday, I mentioned it earlier, we have a very special episode where we will where our very own UBCX athlete, Spencer Latu, dives into the minds of current star UBC athletes, including basketball forward Keelan Filowich and women's field hockey captains Emily Martin and Rowan Harris. Rowan Harris was on that athletic, uh, athletic list that Jake had just mentioned. That episode is part of the 24 Hours of Student Power Ensemble that will take over the airways of CITR late this Thursday, November 15th, and then run all the way through late on November 16th. Our episode will air while you're either waking up or just getting to work. It's a 9 a.m. start this Friday, November 16th. Also, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports to keep up with your latest UBC sports news standings and stories. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, and Eric with contributions from Spencer Latu. Listen Wednesdays from 4.30 to 5 p.m. and this Friday at 9 a.m. for our special episode. Have a wonderful evening and stay sporty, Vancouver.